Welcome to the MedTech Talent Lab, the number one catalyst for advancing careers and building high-performance teams. Sponsored by the Anthony Michael Group, helping companies secure in-demand talent in regulatory affairs, quality, clinical, engineering, R&D, and other areas for medical device, digital health, diagnostics, and other organizations across the U.S. life sciences sector. Here's your host, Mitch Robbins. All right, this is Mitch Robbins here on the MedTech Talent Lab podcast, where we talk all things talent in the MedTech industry. And joining me today is a great gentleman named Dr. Leon Eisen. Leanna is the founder and CEO of a company called Oxytone Medical. Um, story background, he's launched several Israeli uh, med device startups. He is the gentleman who invented the first wrist sensor pulse oximity, oximetry monitor. And uh, at his current organization, Oxytone, uh, Dr. Eisen and his team have established a new model of care known as digital continuous care, which incorporates modern wearable medical technology and AI-powered predictive analytics as a natural evolution of remote patient monitoring. So I'm very excited that he's here with us today. How are you? Thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me. I am very excited uh, to be here as well. So thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm excited about today's topic. We're really going to dig into the top five mistakes that you're seeing medical device (laughs) startup leaders make. And I'm excited to get your thoughts on that. But before we do, it'd be awesome for you to share a little bit more in depth about your background. Kind of, I know you've got a PhD in physics. I know your your story about you know what it means to you as far as driving science, but then incorporating not only the the fundamentals of science, but really how do we take what science is and actually make it useful for for what you're trying to accomplish in medical technology. And so it'd be awesome just to understand a little bit more about your story. My story is somehow very simple, but I would love to, to share something. Uh, I, I was born like uh, born like a scientist, and all my family is family of scientists. So I spent a lot of time doing some science, and I did my PhD in the Weizmann Institute of Science in Israel, and I was going to continue in science. But actually, I realized one once. I realized that, okay, maybe there is something else that uh, I can make and add more into our society. Not something that will be used in 50, 100 years, something that our society, people could use today, what I can make. Mm-hmm. And I left the science and I became engineer. So I started working like engineer in medical device company, like engineer, like consulting. And I went through all stages of uh, self-professional uh, development, uh, self-development professionally. And uh, finally, uh, I was a CTO of one of the startup. I was working in many startups. In- where uh, I manage development, very nice devices, new devices. And uh, I was lucky to meet great teams, great people, and great engineers, and great uh, managers as well. So I learned a lot during my uh, engineering career how actually to manage and how to develop products, despite the fact I was responsible for small parts, small parts of the product. 
but always I was thinking big. So I, I was waiting for when I can I can apply all these skills and make something different and make difference. And uh, it happened. It happened. And uh, in 2009, my father uh, collapsed on the street, being three hours after discharge from the hospital. He's still alive. He's 94 now, but it, it happened that time. I called physician and asked physician, what happened, actually? You, you saw him the same day, released from the hospital. What happened? He said, I don't know. I don't have any clue what happened. He was all right. He was good. And suddenly he collapsed. So, uh, and I was in the middle of development with my good friend, Elia Fine, in development of uh, very unique technologies. And uh, I decided uh, that maybe this is time to apply technology that we have in hands, almost developed, and make difference. Maybe we can move uh, some uncomfortable spotty monitors that people could make only make use only at some spot check, at some episodic measurements, and we can develop a real medical monitor, hospital-grade monitor that people could, could have at home. And as you remember, that time all our world was busy with wellness. And you know the difference between wellness devices and uh, real medical devices, so difference between Apple and Oxyton today is that wellness devices, this is for preventive healthcare. So if I'm okay, I'm good, I feel good, I'm sportsman, I'm businessman, I use this device to, to manage my behavior and uh, to, to prevent some disease in the future. But if people have disease, they have already disease, and even worse, if they have very uh, high-risk disease and, and their condition is worsening, how Apple could help or Fitbit? No, they, can, they cannot help. Right, right. And today, as you know, there is a huge movement. It's called a hospital at home. So you have to apply hospital-grade care, but in home environment. How are you going to do this with Apple? No, that's impossible. It doesn't medical. It doesn't create medical-grade data. And if Oxytone, in our case, I cannot... Uh, I cannot provide wrong data. I have the clearance, so it's forbidden. So we did all uh, intelligent, uh, applied all intelligent resources to avoid any uh, wrong data. But for wellness devices, this is okay. They do not have such a responsibility because people who are using wellness devices, they have some bias to these devices. So they don't care it's wrong or right. Somehow, in average, it's okay. But for high-risk patients, it could be life-threatening event. Absolutely. Yeah. This is the main difference. It's an, in, a fascinating story as far as how personal this is for you and how you got into this and how you came up with the idea based on what happened with your father. I know that you have a storied career, though, and a lot of experience with a variety of startups over the years. And, you know, the story with your father kind of helped produce what is now Oxytone Medical Let's dig into what we're, uh, I think it's a good segue because of your experience with startups and coaching and mentoring other leaders. <clears throat> Let's talk about some of the mistakes, the top ones that you see consistently being made, because I think there's a lot of folks that are listening right now that are involved with startups or small businesses or can res it's going to resonate with uh, uh, some of the things you're going to share today. So 
I'll let you kind of uh, help help start us off as far as some of the things that you're seeing out there. Mitch, I can tell you, I didn't uh, miss any opportunity to make all these mistakes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Trial by fire, as they say. Yeah, right. So uh, I would mention uh, most important mistakes first uh, to hire to raise money to be uh, so not not to wait until uh, you can uh, make your technology more mature or something like this. Just uh, be in a rush to to raise money. And finally, uh, finally, uh, you gave up a lot of equity. And finally, you become, you become, this is what happened to me, like uh, just employee in your company, which you created. So you wanted to be free, you wanted to deliver something, and you uh, land like employer, that you can be employed in any other company without any, any uh, risk, taking any risk. This is first. Uh, second, uh, choose uh, very good uh, co-founders or partners and uh, employees as well. So this is very important. You have to check 1,000 times whom you are going to partner with during your, uh, you, during your company development. Third, a very important mistake I would mention is considering your product like a product that you have to develop. You ha your product, like founder, is whole company. It's not some element of this company. So your, your product is your actual product that you're going to sell, uh, your employees, your investors, your partners, your customers. So you have to have the whole picture, whole environment consider like your product. Because if somebody wanna buy you and why we create the company, finally we have to, to, to buy this company. This is the dream of any entrepreneur and investor. And so you have to bring company like a product, you know, like a present to, to your acquirer and show that this product is very nice. Everything just worked uh, perfectly. And here is revenue, so take it and continue and I'll help so this is uh, so mistake here not to pay attention on building the company like a whole product and same mistake not pay attention of building your product like a whole product because you come with MVP and you realize that suddenly you don't have services and today for example hardware and we develop hardware Hardware, it's, it's nothing about service. You know, we are working in a, in a very competitive uh, and crowding space. Despite the fact today we're only uh, medical grade uh, monitor at risk in the, in, the, in the market. But if we're talking about uh, market competition, you can, it, it's very crowded market. So you can choose spot check devices, you can choose Apple, uh, and you can choose anything what you want. 
maybe it could help. So a lot of a lot of competition, despite the fact that in our specific uh, niche there is no uh, real competition. I mean uh, market competition. There is some product competition, but not market competition. So. And uh, so you have to build. So if you're gonna sell technology today, technology costs nothing, almost nothing. And I see a lot of companies who didn't pay attention on development company like a product and development product like a half product. Finally, they uh, end up with selling technology even less than less money than they raised from. Uh, from investors, so I have to think about how to build the whole product. And in, in healthcare, for example, in sensors uh, market, sensors market just consists—it's like pyramid. It consists of a four-level pyramid. So on the top, there are companies doing just sensors. So you can go buy sensors for any, like Valencia or something like this. And there are companies as uh, who build whole devices, like my company. So we, we uh, created new type of sensors, very unique sensors. And this is another mistake. We can talk about how to develop uh, technology. And uh, not not my mistake. I mean, in general, there is a mistake how people develop technology. But actually. Uh, this level is a full device, whole device. Then there is a level that includes some platform like a service or SaaS or PaaS. And in this case also, we are uh, very good in this because we have device and we have platform as a service that enables to generate data, apply analytic tools and help our customers to concentrate on generating thousands and millions of data and apply it for some uh, therapeutic uh, interventions. But the, all these three levels uh, cost almost nothing comparing of the most basic level. We call it services. So if you don't have services, it's very difficult for you to sell your product because you have to find some partners who sell services. And if your product is somehow very uh, technology con con uh, cons consuming technology and consuming money in very high uh, high cost product, it's almost impossible to. Uh, to, 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 to grow sales. So it's very important uh, to start from the beginning to think about how product that just uh, covers all four levels of, uh, of development. You can find partners during this uh, uh, development, but actually you have to get to the market with all product ready. And this is what many entrepreneurs miss. Yeah. I want to stop you right there because I want to recap some of the things that you said and dig a little further. So <clears throat> some of the mistakes you've covered is one is being in a rush to raise money, right? right? Uh, combined with giving away more equity than you should have and, and uh, being sorry on the back end, right? Because you're being in a rush to get this investment that you don't necessarily right. need without at the wrong stage. Uh, another mistake that you mentioned is you almost become an employee of your own company because of how much equity you've given away, 
right? Right, right. exactly. So instead of being the founder and the owner of the company, you're almost putting yourself in a position to be an employee when you could have gone and worked for somebody else if that was the case. Right. Um, you mentioned something about considering the environment for your product as you're building, as you're building your product. Um, and, and thinking of your business, develop your company like a product. Would you, would you elaborate more on that? I think it's important to explain that. For entrepreneur and for investors, your whole company is the product because it's dedicated to sell to somebody who going to use this product and you can add your devices and your company to the value chain. So if uh, your buyer buy whole company, it's not buying only technology, it's buying people, it's buying customers. So you have to have business in order to sell, sell your company. And this is how all investors just ask uh, employees and ask management to build the company like a, like a whole product. So it doesn't include only product, it includes all environment that deliver this product to the market and create market interest. And this includes market positioning as well. And I would mention the fifth mistake, that people do not think about market positioning enough. Market positioning of your product and market positioning of your company. This is two important, most important things that we have to think from the beginning, how to build it. Who is your competitor? Because again, it could be market competitor, it could be a product competitor. But in general, they create company competitor. Maybe this company is doing something different. They have different products. They have patches instead of wearable wrist monitor. But when customer get decision about what kind of uh, devices and products they are going to use, they decide between you two, you both, both of you. So in this case, this company that is not actually your uh, competitor become your competitor in eyes of your customer. So it's very important how you position your product and how you position your company because even if they decide between two different products, one of their uh, weight they add into their decision is company, is management, is support tools, how all these develop together to support your product. And I call it for the whole product, how it's built. So this is like a very, uh, uh, like a whole system, whole environment. So you have to be system engineer in business. I call it business system engineering. So you have to engineer your business in the right way and build specification for your business. And the product within this specification is only part of product called your company. And not everybody that comes up with uh, technology ideas or uh, inventions is a business mind. It's usually not, you know, you usually learn one of, you usually learn that as a piece of trying to bring your technology to market. So you mentioned yourself that you've made a lot of these mistakes along the way and kind of learned the hard way. I know for, I know for a fact that you do a lot of mentoring and coaching of other founders. Right. When, when you're brought in, um, 
are these the types of these are the mistakes that you've seen already being already being made and you're trying to uh, uh, to fix them or you're trying to help prevent them? Tell me about where you're usually brought in for help. Okay, that's interesting because usually uh, early founders or initial entrepreneurs in the beginning of their journey, they do not so much acceptable to any uh, mentorship, to any mentoring, and to any uh, re recommendation because they think only about their uh, capabilities to deliver the product. They don't know all pitfalls on their road. And so it's very difficult to uh, to, uh, to to get into their mind and explain them all these uh, mistakes. From other side, when you come to people who did mistakes already, they they learn already. So you can just uh, align with these people on how to solve this problem and how to implement any resolution, how to get out of this problem. But again, it's very important uh, to, to be with these entrepreneurs in, in a time when they are not so mature, but they understand that they did mistake already and they change their approach from being uh, uh, ignorant to understanding that they need advice and they need help. Like with patients, some patients are ignorant to any help, and then if they're right. going to die, they come back and say, okay, help me now. I understand, right. help me. So this is exactly the same what happens with entrepreneurs. You know, <clears throat> the other thing that you mentioned is there, uh, a lot of founders are in a rush to secure in investors. Right. And what's your, what's your thoughts on the appropriate time to start thinking about investment? In securing capital from the outside? I think it should be very clear about market position. It's very difficult to be very much clear, but at least you should understand who are you and what are you doing. Maybe you don't have to develop technology, but in order to acquire investors, attract investors, you need to show the very good after the business we call it go to market strategy but it's very small uh, small uh, title to say just it's go to market strategy it's a whole business strategy business engineering so you have to understand your path to the market and this is what makes difference in eyes of investors I'm talking about initial investors. From round A, round B, you have to show revenue, you have to show the product. It's a different story. I'm talking about seed money investors. So if you understand your market positioning, even you don't have the, some prototype or MVP, for some, sometimes it's enough to convince investors that you know exactly what you're going to do and how you're going to sell it. Mm -hmm. So being secure in what the vision for, the, basically the roadmap for the company really is. Roadmap for the company, yeah. Not only for the product, for the whole company. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ten years ago, we called it a business plan. Today, I think this is uh, what is missed, really, because today nobody asks for business plan. I, I wrote my own business plan ten, 10 years ago. 
and I can tell you it helped me a lot. And today, entrepreneurs, they don't make it. I think they lose a lot. They have to do it for themselves, at least. Thoughts on, uh, because I, I guarantee you there's people listening right now saying, I get that. I recognize I need a plan. I only, you know, in my head, I, I think we're going to do this, but I'm really not sure. What's your thoughts as far as trying to flush that out and really try to make it as solid, the initial plan as solid as it can be? Yeah, implementation is most important. So people could understand everything, but do not implement. They don't have capabilities to implement. In this case, they have to look for some co-founders with capabilities to implement things they think about. So somebody could be like uh, just strategic thinker. It's very good. They could draw the structure and map, build the map. But somebody should implement this. And it could be co-founder, it could be mentor, somebody like me, for example, who help and tell these people, uh, those people, how to implement things and what step they have to uh, to do uh, to make it. I've got a lot of respect for you for for a couple of reasons. One, um, you've made you've made these mistakes yourself. Uh, two, your passion about what you do because it was very personal, especially where Oxytone came from. And three, it sounds like part of your passion is really to help these other founders. So I want to give you the opportunity to uh, to talk a little bit more about Oxytone. What, what's what's in the cards for the business uh, as of late that you're willing to share? What's going on with the company? Uh, we have spent about nine years and more than $10 million on development of our product. And product is really very unique, very unique. And this is one of the mistakes, never get into the something that will take a lot of time to develop. <laughs> a lot of better ideas uh, just around us. And uh, But I decided to do something that nobody did before. And I can show you. This is not watch, not a watch. This is medical device, FDA cleared, CE mark certified, same level of accuracy that you have in the hospital. Hmm. It's not watch. It's a medical device. It measures blood oxygen saturation, pulse rate, pulse rate variability, uh, sleep apnea pattern, sleep report, gives sleep reports, um, events of sleep apnea, skin temperature, respiratory rate we added recently and activity actigraph at night so it's a full report uh, to recognize uh, events for patients so compare it to halter but halter is also very complicated stuff yeah so it's very easy to wear it's a little bit a uh, little bit uh, uh, expensive but less expensive like any conventional devices for sleep apnea monitoring for example Mm -hmm. Conventional, I mean, fingertip sensors and all this stuff around. So, but technology is very unique. Do you see? Did you see something like this? These, these elastic sensors, elastic, sure. they move. As you know, all wellness devices they have rigid here, yeah. so they they uh, stop local blood. So after some time, it's they, their measurements not right, so they have to change something here. Also, fingertip devices. You cannot measure for a long time because blood finally comes out from the finger because uh, these clamps just squeeze squeeze the finger. 
if you squeeze the finger for a long, blood start to come out from the periphery. In our case, because it's flexible, it doesn't influence on local blood flow. So you have accurate data. Uh, you do not have any uh, any uh, artifacts because of all this pressure and uh, something like this. So this is a new technology, and we spend a lot of time on developing such technology because from the beginning, all designers, uh, designers and all our partners told us it's not feasible, not manufacturable. And finally, we succeeded. We succeeded. We uh, changed four uh, partners for design. And finally, we succeeded uh, to make it. And we got to the market exactly a year ago, in February uh, 2020. And so far, we, we acquired uh, more than 50 customers. Currently, we are in the uh, initial stage of sales. I mean, if you take uh, sales curve, we are maybe before the uh, hazard. So we sell to visionaries, we sell to uh, to uh, for some trials for somebody. Uh, but currently, we think we uh, move exactly across the horizon and we expect to grow this year because we added very unique tools how to analyze continuous data. We generate data every second. So we, we, we added continuous analytic tools so people could decide they're going to have wellness devices that they don't know how to measure events and if these events really happen. Or you can take our device, same price, and, uh, to measure medical-grade events at home. And so we have all analytics tools today, cloud-based, and we start working on services. So we partnered with one uh uk clinics we started from uk because i think it's the best place to start uh working on services and uh, for sleep apnea service and we developed i i think some kind of novel uh, business model so we offer sleep apnea reports for employers for occupational health clinics so occupational health clinic take our technology, we share the revenue, so we deliver devices for free, we share the revenue, and uh, their customers, which are employees, employers, yeah. they buy packages of, uh, of uh, reports. It's a medical-grade report, very sophisticated sleep apnea and stress reports, and we're adding post-COVID a validation report that's very important for employers to understand how their employees feel uh, after suffering from COVID-19. That's awesome. And congratulations, by, like I said, for, for being able to finally get to market uh, uh, last year, almost a year now. Last question for you. What's your take on where remote patient monitoring is going as a, as a, uh, a market sector? I think uh, this sector just in the beginning. So uh, before COVID-19, it was pre-seed, I would say, despite the fact of all these American well, uh, 
Teladoc and other companies just uh, start to grow. I think it's just only beginning. Taking statistics of how many people involved. And for the last year, it was a huge development of technology, services, and all all documentation around how to deliver uh, how monitoring. And by the way, hospital at home movement is very important. And again, hospital at home is in the beginning only. For example, today we are partnering with Shiba Hospital. This is the biggest hospital in, in Israel and very, very advanced hospital. And we partner on hospital at home uh, hospital at home initiative. So this is beginning and this is future because you, you don't have to keep people at ho- in hospital. You can keep people at home and uh, deliver the same level of services. That's very important. Yeah, it's really exciting and amazing what's happening in this space. I'm uh, personally following it because I just think it's unbelievable how much this is going to change the model of healthcare as, as a whole. So, well, like, well, like 100 years ago. So, uh, healthcare came back to the home from the hospital. Two years ago, 200 years ago, healthcare was at home. Yeah, where the doctor came and knocked on your door with a black bag. Right, exactly. I think the future just like sparrow, you know, goes back to home. <laughs> well, Dr. Leon Eisen, a CEO and founder of Oxytone Medical, thank you so much for being here on the MedTech Talent Lab. We uh, really appreciate you as a guest and all the insights you provided today. And for those interested in learning more, uh, either about, you know, potentially talking to you about a mentorship or learning more about the company, where should they go online to, uh, to learn more? Uh, first of all, you can go uh, uh, to uh, Oxytone Medical website www.oxytone.com and you can learn about what we do and they could find me in LinkedIn and load and uh, apply to me directly via LinkedIn uh, just leonize them you can find very quickly very good and we'll make sure to include both of those things in the, uh, the show notes so again thank you so much for being here as a guest today thank you very much Mitch Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the MedTech Talent Lab podcast. For more content-rich episodes, log on to theanthonymichaelgroup.com or subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform.